The race was on to find a fungus that would produce more of um, these types of penicillins. People were requested during the war to bring in anything they saw that had mold, and it was evaluated to see how much penicillin it could make. I mean, back then it was so precious, the penicillin, that the soldiers, after they would take it, they would collect the urine and then recycle the penicillin from their urine. And I believe that the final strain that won was a mold from a, a watermelon that a little old lady found in, like, Indiana. In the history of drug discovery, I gather the penicillin story is the rule rather than the exception. Just dumb luck followed by a lot of trial and error. Phil, benzodiazepines. Benzodiazepines are another serendipity story. Tranquilizers or sedatives? Yeah. The precise accident was Leo Sternbach. He had his bench top full of chemicals that he needed to do a lab cleanup. And there was a couple hundred milligrams of a crystalline substance that he submitted just as part of the lab cleanup to the pharmacologist. And the next morning when the pharmacologist tested it, pretty much everything was in uproar because they had never seen a compound having this type of sedative property. And from that, Roche built an entire franchise of more than a dozen different benzodiazepines having wide-ranging effects from anti-epileptic activity to anti-depression, sedative activity, muscle relaxant. I mean, benzodiazepines are used for more than a dozen indications. Help me here. What did the pharmacologists do to understand that this crystalline molecule was going to offer these benefits? At the beginning, it was just giving it to a rodent and seeing how it reacted. So you got a lab rat and say, oh, here, taste this crystal. Yes. And the lab rat, which had been anxious, takes the crystal and goes, whoa, dude. And from that, an entire class of drugs emerged. That is the case. And you might be surprised to know that in neuroscience, it still is often the case because we don't have great models for the brain. If you want to develop a drug for schizophrenia, you'll have a mouse swim through a pool of milk. Or pain might be how long does a mouse or a rat stand on a hot plate before they get off. There aren't very good assays that you can use in a Petri dish to understand what goes on in the complex organism of, a, of even a rat or a mouse. It all just so defies our assumptions about how advanced these sciences are. We have electron microscopes and the whole human genome, and we're hearing radio waves from the origin of the universe but we're still putting rats on hot plates. And to a surprising degree, we're still dependent on substances from the natural world, which is where you come in. Often nature evolves natural products for its own purposes, which are not to cure cancer or remove your headache. So you need organic chemistry to make the natural product better for human use or if nature doesn't provide enough of that compound to begin with, you need a method by which you can produce it from simple petrochemical starting materials, of which are, are abundant. So clearly it's to everybody's benefit for existing compounds otherwise found in nature to be synthesized and for new molecules to be developed. And this is the world of pharma, right? There are billions and billions of dollars spent in order to develop these blockbuster drugs using chemical building blocks. Yes. And what you do is develop the building blocks. Tell me how. So our lab is focused on developing not only building blocks, but methodologies. I think it's important to understand how molecules are made, particularly 
complex ones. Imagine being a construction worker, you're blindfolded, and you're working on a house that you can't see, and all the pieces fit together in very complex, multidimensional ways. Every time you're at the construction site is a journey into the unknown. There are many rules that you know, there are places you know you can walk, there are types of things you can feel how things fit, but largely you're trying to solve a puzzle for which you don't fully know the rules yet. So our lab works on inventing new ways to put things together and simplifying the way you put together things in general. In making medicines, one of the major bottlenecks today is chemistry, and our lab and the students in it work tirelessly to try to make that part not the bottleneck. Now, Phil, I'll get back to what happens when the bottlenecks are broken. But first, I just have to make an observation.